Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Adam Finan, and today I have a new guest on. His name is John Schreiers, aka the Tech Whisper. And for the past 12 years, he's he's worked to help people get online and now helps people by getting traffic to their website through SEO. He also has a Kickstarter business as well as a WordPress website template. Um, gallery. So I'll open it up to John. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're based, and what it is that you do? And thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, cheers, Adam. Cheers for having me. Um, yeah, so, a bit of a backstory of how I um, got started. Um, I did like a, a Mickey Mouse a web development course back in the day. Um, yeah, like 12 years ago, as I said. And, uh, and then, yeah, just did loads of free work until I got a, an actual full time job. Um, and then you know, got bored of the nine to five pretty quick, uh, so quit and then didn't have a backup. So then went off and did some freelancing, which got me by, and then did some contracting, which is much more lucrative, which is good. Um, and then, yeah, like four, about four and a half years ago, moved from uh, London to um, Perth in Australia, and then I was there for well yeah three and a half years and then the last year i've been out um yeah just traveling around but still maintaining the my tech whisperer business nice and Perth is a beautiful place i lived there for two years myself used to live in fremantle it was a, i love the yeah i miss it don't worry that's like one of those things you look back on like oh what if i didn't what if i didn't leave that beautiful sunny place <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, look, Australia is awesome. London's expensive, <laughs> and I'm sure you're happy now. Where, um, so where where are you based at the minute? Uh, so now I'm in Pansco uh, in Bulgaria, which is um, yeah, they've uh, it's a co-working space. They've only had it like two years. Yeah, the community here is really really good, and um, yeah, it's a great vibe, great vibe. It's uh, it's it's become quite a popular hotspot in Europe for it, hasn't it? I have some friends uh, who've been there, and you know they they say that they they love it there. It's good quality of living. It's, it's very cheap. There's a good community. Yeah, would you say the same? Yeah, someone said, I think someone, yeah, uh, someone called it like the Chiang Mai of Europe. So um, yeah, like it's it's so affordable here, and um, even in the ski season when they like double the prices, it's still it's still really livable. Um, and yeah, there's no. <laughs> Still not London, <laughs> where I have I have co-workers and people who who I know who live there, and they pay like fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred sterling a month for rent in a little box, <laughs> you know, which is not ideal, you know. Like if you pay a thousand pound, you know, in uh, in 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 Bulgaria, you're going to be living pretty sweet, I imagine. Yeah, you'd have about three penthouses. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So so cool. Look, that's brilliant. And can we just circle back a little bit, right? So I, I'd like to. Wind it back to the beginning and just talk about. So you said, you know, twelve years ago you started learning about building websites, which I suppose in the world of building websites is quite a long time ago. It, you know, things have evolved a lot in in that time period. You probably had to learn a lot of actual code. Where nowadays a lot of people use drag and drop builders and and you know self build platforms. So you said you started out and you know you started doing a bit of freelancing and getting a bit of contract work. Can, can you talk about how you went about getting that? Um, was it on job sites? Was it through 
for referrals, old workplaces. How did that look when you very first started out? So, um, yeah, so uh, I was looking on country for people who wanted um, like websites made. Because, um, yeah, you can't, it's very difficult to get your first client, if, well, your first paying client, if you haven't got a, a portfolio to back it up. So, um, yeah, you need to need to do that free work um, first just to get something on there and you know, yeah, to make all the mistakes um, quick. And then once you've got that portfolio, um, yes, I think the first company that I partnered with was a designer and I, I did find her on Country and yeah, that was like one of the my first freelance paying jobs like outside of my nine to five. So yeah, country, I would I would say is a good way to start if you've got no experience. That is, and um, Gumtree just for people who are listening, because we have a lot of listeners in Canada and the United States. Gumtree is like Craigslist, you know, for the UK and for Australia. It's very popular in Australia. You use it for everything in Australia. So you know, like Craigslist mightn't be so big in those. Like Craigslist is very much USA and Canada focused, but when you come outside of there, Gumtree is huge in the UK and Australia. I don't know if it's big in Europe, but. Yeah, so so it's one of those sites where people might post jobs, you know, looking for help and things like that. Um, so cool. So that was how you got your first. And, and so did you just, you know, reach out to those people, and and just just to kind of ask on this as well, because I feel like the portfolio is such an important thing. And even I struggled with this when I started. It's like you're waiting for people to pay you to do work, but you won't sit down and do your best work for yourself sometimes. So did did you did you build a little portfolio of sites, or did you kind of? build yourself a website, say you could do it and start to reach out. What did that look like at the beginning? Yeah, yeah so um, I think everyone goes off and buys their own name as a domain and then just like sets up sites on that and just tests, tests things. Um, just doing that. No worries. So just, just kind of testing and stuff. I guess I was just kind of wondering, like when you started applying for these jobs, were you just kind of, you know, speaking to your experience? Were you getting on phone calls with people? Were you emailing them? You, you know, like that's just kind of, or, or was it like you were doing it at a lower rate because you were getting started? People were happy to give you a go. They weren't asking for like, you know, show me 10 websites you've built. You, you know what I mean? At, at that initial period. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think to find out people, you just, I would, I would just go out and, you know, like friends of friends, there's always someone looking for a website. Um, so, yeah, just being out and about and just chatting to people and saying, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Um, there's always people who are going to want to um, test you out, especially if it's like super cheap. Then, um, yeah, and then, so yeah, that's basically the way to start. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like, look, you have to build a, a portfolio of some description and, you know, obviously if you can do it getting paid work or lower paid jobs, that's fine at the beginning. So, you know, after a period of time of doing that, I, I guess, did you stick to web design for, you know, a couple of years? At what point did SEO become you know, like, oh, I'm sure like even myself, like I, I know when you build a website for somebody, they're also like, oh, now how do I get it to rank in Google? So at what point did you start to offer that as a service as well? And did you, you know, kind of sell it to your current clients? You know, how did that all look? I did a, an online course with another Irish guy, actually. Um, and, and I'd met him through a co-working space. He was just doing SEO. And yeah, so I, I did his course and that was like two years ago, two and a half years ago now. So, um, yeah, having a, a client base already with web development was, yeah, it's just, it's quite a, it's quite a good, easy upsell because one, they trust you already. 
And um, yeah, so you don't need to make that initial um, conversation about like who you are and all this stuff. So um, yeah, just getting a couple of, um, and again, because you're just starting out, you've got no proven record. You just need to do a, a few things for, for cheap just to get, get your track record going. For sure. So, so that was so that just to clarify, that was a strategic partnership. You were doing the web design. You partnered up with somebody who did SEO. Is that correct, or did you do somebody's course in SEO? Sorry, just to clarify. Yes, I did someone's course. Oh, perfect. And he was like, "Oh, if you've got a web development business, this is a great add-on." And yeah, and I think the yeah the course paid for itself because I got I got like my first SEO client maybe like a month after I finished the course, which just yeah. I just paid for that, so it was a win. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And so as you started to add on these extra services and things like that, you know, did you have, you know, some growing pains? Did you need to hire in some help? But what, at what point did it become like, I can't manage all this on my own? You know, did, did you start to look for freelancers yourself? Yeah, so I didn't outsource any of the SEO stuff because well, I was new and I wanted to learn all the ropes and that. Um, but yeah, definitely the web development stuff. I basically got it down to a system. So I wasn't making the fanciest websites or charging the highest rates, but um, I had like I've had like this huge library of um, pre-built templates. So um, it means I could like knock out sites quicker, but I know that the code's still good. Um, and then I bet yeah. So basically, I went on Upwork. Um, tested out a few um, freelancers, basically told them my process, gave them access to all of my tools, and then, yeah, just tested them out and then would tweak bits uh, yeah, just to make sure that I was happy with uh, the work that was getting done. And after a few sites, then, um, then you get the process down, and then, yeah, that's easy. And then, yeah, and then you can work on other things that you want to do. And you still, so, sorry. Sweet. So you were building out solid solid project management and standard operating procedures. So you could template it out, remove yourself from that element of the business, the day-to-day, the mechanical work, and you could focus then on growing the business and, and acquiring exactly, new yeah. clients. Is that correct? Yeah. Awesome. And so once you started to offer this, so I guess, you know, the next thing is, and this is where a lot of people struggle is, you know, acquiring of new clients so did you focus on a certain country or a certain niche you know did you can, can you talk to a little bit more to how you went about you know acquiring new web dev and seo clients yeah, so living in perth i basically just went to every single networking event that was available um i'm an introvert so it's not you know it's not my favorite thing to just go out and talk to crowds of people but you know, you, it's a thing that you really need to do, and it's, it is still the best way to get new clients. Um, so, yeah, I basically just blitz networking um, in Perth. I still get all my clients and referrals from Perth, um, even though I haven't been there for the last year. Nice. And Australians have a high, you know, like they're, it's expensive to live in Australia. And, you know, the minimum wage for a waitress or a bartender is like $30. So like when you're providing a high level service like SEO, you know, it's it's a high level service and you can charge a premium price. You know, it's not like I mean, here in Ireland, it's um, I live in Ireland and, you know, offering local SEO like outside of Dublin, it's 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 very difficult, you know, to, to charge the proper prices. And that's why for myself, like I have to focus on countries like uh, United States, Australia. I have some clients in Perth um, 
and a little bit of the UK to see more value. But I mean, it's it's relative to the competition, I think, and and you know whether people in that market are used to it. In America, they're so used to it, you know, because it's so competitive. The population density um, allows for you know, people to be able to charge thousand dollars a month for local SEO, you know, whereas in Ireland it's just not the same. <laughs> you know, it really isn't. You know, we've had sites where we uh, um you know we're sending people leads and they're like, no, we're too busy. We don't actually no, we don't need we don't need that extra business. You're like, oh my God, it's just a different ballgame over here <laughs> compared to other places. <laughs> so um yeah, I, I mean I, I, and so did you and, and just to speak to that, so when you were saying you went to these networking events, because I mean I've I've experienced this and I do Look, there's a part of me that likes it and there's a part of me that hates it. Like I've done B&I, I've done Chamber of Commerce. Some of that stuff I just didn't like that. Yeah. But like it's cringy, some of it, you know what I mean? Like it's it's just not my cup of tea, you know? And I mean, some of it's very fake, <laughs> you know, like it, it really is. And when you come in as the new young gun with the web dev skills, it, like that was my scenario a couple of years ago when I was doing this stuff. And uh, I don't know, I just felt like it was very clicky. You know, you had to send them a bunch of business before they did even think about sending you stuff. I, I found it very strange. So did you do any of those like B&I Chamber of Commerce or was it more like, you know, meetup.com sort of online entrepreneur meetup event? Well, I, yeah, I basically did all of them. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I went to, um, yeah, I did, I did B&I for a year and um, that was good. The, I mean, I, I did enough business out of there to, to pay the, the so it was like it was well worth it. But the, for that, I think the main bit that I got it was the where they force you to do your one minute speech and your ten minute presentation stuff because that's a yeah. No one really thinks about having to give good presentation skills when you're like working for yourself. But um, yeah, it's really really important. Well, it, I mean, it is important. And I, what I found strange about, excuse me, and um, what I found strange about BNI was, <clears throat> you, you'd be talking with people, and it's like, oh my god, if you give me a, you know, give me you for a month, and I guarantee you I'll get you more business. Your online stuff is a mess, you know what I mean? But it's never mind this referral on a piece of paper when you have to stand up in front of everybody and shake hands and I pass this full of some business. It's like, how about you just like trust me for a, a few weeks? I'll get you some online business because you know what I mean. There's so many things we, you, you can open up with people when you look at their stuff. Often, often the guys in Ireland, I can't speak to Australia, but in Ireland, the people who are in B and I are a bit more old school older business you know what i mean so they wouldn't be so online savvy and you're just looking at their stuff and you're like oh my god i, I could guarantee you i could get you more business but you know unless you literally like have your you know you literally physically give them a client in person on a piece of paper they didn't see the value and i was like oh that really frustrated me <laughs> in and I. um maybe it was different in australia i mean you you, you can talk to it a little no, I've, I've been to ones in Australia and I went to one in in London as well. And um, yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty set in their ways and all the school and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. But I think as a, I think there's so many businesses that could have much much better um, like online web presence. But as you said before, um, some of them just really don't care. Like they get. They still get all their um, business through, like, yeah, local referrals and friends of friends, and um, yeah, especially when, especially when you're talking about local businesses, um, 
it's always referral based anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's still the most powerful. Like, I mean, you even spoke to it there a few minutes ago, like the majority of your new business. I mean, you are sorry, not the majority, but you still get new business from your time in Perth doing this groundwork. And Carlo, who I spoke to in episode one, who does local SEO as well and has a content business, he does it in the United States and he is starting now, like he's about a year and a half in and a similar situation. He's starting to get more and more referrals from these businesses who he's helped. And he's like, it's kind of starting to you know take on its own legs and, and grow a little bit more organically. So, I mean, it is still the most because I guess it, you're getting. People, if people know and trust people and they're like, no, look, that's the guy. John's the guy. You want more calls? John, just go to John. He'll sort you out. <laughs> Pay him whatever and he'll 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 make it happen. So, um, no, look, that's brilliant. And it's good to hear because, I mean, like, that's old school networking. And for people who are, you know, digital nomads and working remote, like a lot of people might not do this sort of stuff, you know. But if you're in a freelance position, I mean, things like Chamber of Commerce, B&I, you know, they can help get you in front of people who need help with their businesses. And while they're not for everybody, and look, me personally, I didn't like it, but I still did it. And you still got some business. I still got business from it. But I, I mean, it's just not my cup of tea. Even you said, like, it made you come out of your shell a little bit. You had to do your presentation and it helped you maybe to, you know, refine your elevator pitch, you know, like who you are and what you do. And like when you start off, you might be a bit, oh, blah, blah, blah. but then soon enough, for like, I'm John, I do this and I do that and I help you get that. <laughs> and it becomes very clear. So um so yeah, so I guess the the, the in person networking is important. And even for people who, who are digital nomads and want to work remote, now you have that freedom to work remote because you did the groundwork while you were in a city, you know, in a you know, in a city like Perth in Australia. So. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say like um yeah, the the year that I've been travelling so far, I think yeah, there, there still are opportunities to do like networking. It's just you just have to tweak it a little bit. So, um, yeah, and sometimes some of the places that you're going, it's not it's not like the, the same stuff as you're used to. But that's why um, making when you are traveling around, uh, going to co-working spaces is like vital because yeah, a lot of the extra work has come through just partnerships with other people that I've met through that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you, 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 when you meet up with people who need your skills and you just start working together, that's how I grew. I used to do freelance writing. That was a similar thing. You'd be in co-working spaces. There was all these SEO guys. Content was their pain point. You're like, oh, I do that. And then boom, you're like, all right, well, here, can you do all this? <laughs> you're like, oh, actually, I can. Yeah. And, you know, there you go. So like probably similar to you, people might need web help. People might need SEO help. Um, and, and just to speak to that, do you focus on local SEO or do you also do you know, like let's say affiliate SEO or national SEO. What's what's your current situation? Yeah, I, I generally say it's, it's just local SEO. And for acquiring of new clients, so just because I, I feel like this is important because it's like it's one of the well, I mean, it's what grows the business. You know what I mean? And allows you to to have the revenue. So you know, you done your time. You you, you got your referrals You're from Perch. You brought your clients. You know, you upsold your web dev clients. You know what what else do you do now at this point to help? acquire more business for yourself like are you running adwords do you have google my business listings in part city yourself and you're getting referrals through that what is the process at the minute for acquiring of new customers for your web dev and local so generally now uh the main one is um just finding good facebook groups okay so yeah i mean i mean you do get kicked out of Facebook groups, if you're if they find out that you're not actually 
there, especially if it's like a local one. I mean, like, so um, I got kicked out of some of the Perth ones um, just because I wasn't there anymore. And would you use uh, your personal profile in that instance or would you be using like a, a, a fake profile? No, I'd always, I'd always use my personal one. Well, I haven't actually thought of using a fake one. No, no, that's fine. No, I, I, I'm only asking because I, I read, I read. No, I'm only asking because I read a thing this morning, uh, which was like Facebook just like shut down like 1.5 million accounts, or I don't, I don't even know, was it 50 million? But like, you know, anyway, fake accounts because you know what I mean? Because they're clamping down on. Because look, there are people who do the 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 latter. You know what I mean? There are people who will set up fake accounts, share into these, you know, join all these groups, share into them so that they don't get their personal profile. Um, cut down. I was only, I'm only curious. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that you're doing anything bad or anything. I was only curious. Like, would you have a persona set up to do that side of the business? And but no, that's fine. You use it. Use your own personal profile, legit. And would you go into these? So are these like small business groups, or are they like buy and sell groups, or what's 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 the strategy? Yeah. So um, I think like it's it's good to just. Um, like join a lot of groups and then find out, you'll quickly find out which ones are just full of spam um, and then which ones will actually, there are actually some real people in there. Um, and then basically when I, when when you join a group, just scroll down, um, find out um, like if you can help anyone in there and just be a little proactive in that group. So then people just start seeing your face a lot. And um, yeah, so, when you start, you just have to give a lot and basically solve people's problems. Um, and then from that, then you'll, you'll start getting a bit of trust in there. And then, and then you can start, like, you need to be a little bit careful on how you promote your service so it doesn't look like you're just there just spamming stuff. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, you're leading with value in that instance. You're answering people's questions probably around... I would imagine around websites and online marketing, would that be correct? And and getting more business. And then, you know, do you feel like, I, I often feel that, you know, when somebody hovers over your profile, that that's a very important point. You know what I mean? Like at that point, they should be able to clearly see what it is that you do. So, you know, would you, you link out to, you know, your, your website and your services there at that point? Is that, would that be kind of how you're using that? So you provide the value in the hope that people will hover on your profile, see who you are and what you do and, and reach out to you from there. Yeah. So, um, on my personal profile, I'll put like my stuff. So I'll use Facebook like it's supposed to be used to show like what I'm doing, but then I'll also, um, I'll also put in a mix up with, um, like business bits that I'm doing and how like projects that I'm working on. So, um, yeah. So then you get the, the legitimacy of having an actual profile. So people know it's not just there just to get work and, and then they can see what you do. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, I completely agree with everything that you're saying. It's a great way, even if you're a freelancer, like whether you're doing, you know, writing or virtual assistant or any of these different things, Facebook groups are a really good way to get in front of potential ideal clients, you know, and to get in front of the right people. But you can't just show up and be like, here's a link to my website, come by myself. Like, you, you know, and I'm in a bunch of different Facebook groups for SEO, building an agency, Facebook ads, Shopify, 
you know what I mean? I'm in any amount. And you see, just like you're saying, you see a lot of the same people who are adding value all the time. And if you were looking for something, somebody to do something, you automatically start to think, you're like, well, I know that guy who does that thing. So, you know, I can go to, or that girl, you know. And I mean, I've hired people out of Facebook groups. Um, it's kind of funny because you start to trust them more than like, you know, like I still use Fiverr. I still use Upwork from time to time, people per hour. You know, I have... I used to really love Upwork. I don't anymore. And this might sound weird, but I'm finding better people off Fiverr. And I'm not paying them a Fiverr. Believe you me, I paid them 50 quid or 100 quid for whatever it is I need done. But I have found better people off Fiverr than Upwork in the past six to eight months. Like Upwork's been driving me crazy. Um, I found an agency in the Philippines who I work with who do my social media and stuff for the podcast and who do for a couple other businesses that I have. So, I mean, they're, they're doing good. I found them on onlinejobs.ph, which uh, ironically I spoke about in the last podcast. Look, I mean, it used to be great. I, I don't necessarily love it. It's like, I don't, I'm not in, I'm not down with paying 80 euro a month or 80 euro a quarter, whatever it is, just for access. And I had a lot of flaky freelancers. People show up and you give them trials and, you know, paid trials and then they disappear. And I was like, oh, screw this, you know. And I went back to using Upwork and Fiverr um, a little bit more. Now, look, I found a good agency. I work with them. I'm happy with them. I found a good agency for web stuff that I would work with in India. I've worked with them on and off for projects for a couple of years on Upwork. You know what I mean? But now we kind of work and work off Upwork. And uh, you know how it goes because Upwork takes 20%. <laughs> but, but, but you know what's strange? See, on Fiverr, people will not even entertain the idea of taking things off Fiverr. Which I, you know, I, I, I can, um, like, it's strange because it's different. Because normally on Upwork, you're like, all right, do a few jobs. And then it's like, all right, can we take this off here so I can get to 20%? On Fiverr, I mean, people won't even share their emails with me. People won't add me on Skype. People are like, no, sir, everything needs to be done in here. You know, and you're like, okay, that's fair enough. But it's just like, I end up, you know, set up a SAN or a Trello board and just kind of add the, add them to that or something, or, you know, but... I just find it's very different um, compared to those other places where people are as quick as they can get off it. They're happy because they're not paying, you know, 20% is a lot of your freelance gig to, to just hand over for, well, I mean, yeah, look, you can argue it both ways. You wouldn't have got the job had it not have been for Upwork, but 20% is a big cut. <laughs> it's too much for struggling freelancers. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, yeah. They're, yeah. They've been really restrictive on taking on new freelancers on Upwork. Which I didn't know it was a yeah, thing. Uh, look, I mean, I guess, you know, a part of hiring and, uh, you know, outsource staff as well is I mean, you really have to know what you want. You know, and I struggled with this before. You hire people, maybe didn't have the correct uh, operating procedures, maybe didn't have good enough instructions. So, I mean, you really got to, you know, spend some time, document out what you need done, uh, make some videos using Loom or whatever, you know, screen recordings. I mean, you got to you gotta be ready for when you hire because if you go and hire and you don't have all that stuff ready and it doesn't work out, it's not their fault. It's your fault. <laughs> you weren't ready, you know, which, you know, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, I need help. And then you're like, they don't document what they need help with and get very clear on what they need the help with. And then they get all frustrated with the freelancers and they're like this isn't working this, you're the problem <laughs> you know you got to get out of your own way and i've been in that situation myself you know so um cool so so look and and so these are all like these are great ways so i mean different these are good ways that you've grown the business so you know you're you're adding value on facebook groups you have your previous stuff from your networking events you still would you still go to you know like a, a b and i meeting or something in london if you're passing through or you know would you still look to 
you know, get in front of those sort of businesses or would you, are you kind of happy enough now that you've built enough of a, you know, momentum that you don't need, you, you don't feel the need to be doing that stuff? And- yeah, I felt like enough referrals coming through, but um, I wouldn't say no to going to a, another meeting. I mean, like, it's, uh, yeah, it's always good to just, like, keep up to date with things. Like, they might have changed some of their processes and, you know, you never know who you're going to meet at the events anyway. So, and yeah, you might, you might find like another great partnership. So, I mean, I would never avoid it. Sweet. And, and then, and then for fine. So, you know, aside from Facebook groups, is there anything else that you're, you're using in terms of, you know, acquire new customers or is it just, you know, the referrals in the Facebook groups and, you know, your previous clients, like that's, that's sufficient to keep it growing. Yes, that's, that's sort of sufficient, but um, I think, when you're traveling around, going around to, I think going around to different co-working spaces, um, if you have the opportunity to put on an event or um, just showcase what you do, you're always going to get um, something positive from it. Um, and yeah, and like, so, and it's always good to diversify what you do, right? Because if one thing just stops, then you're screwed. So, um, and this is why I've got like a few different like side gigs going on. And these are all from talking to other co-workers and just going, oh, we want to do something completely different. So let's make a drinking trip. So, well, that's it. Well, if you put all your, you know, all your eggs in one basket and then Google does something in that basket, <laughs> it's no longer sufficient. Um, yeah, you, you end up screwed. You know what I mean? Um, so you don't want you don't want that to happen. So can we talk a little bit, uh, you know, so you have, you know, sounds like you have, you know, decent portfolio of clients, you're working with different freelancers and things. What, you know, what tools would you use day to day to try and help run the business? Well, yeah, generally Skype is the best one for like communicating. Everyone's, everyone's always got that. But then um, I use Asana a lot for the project management. That's always good. I mean, the, even just the, the free versions, like you've got so much stuff that you don't really need anything else. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, they're the main ones for like communication and just keeping on track of everything that's going Project on. Management and things. Yeah, but, yeah. sweet. But there's like a whole huge array of uh, online tools for um, just actually doing the work. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like, let's you know, let, let's talk about SEO. I guess you know, do you have a favorite SEO tool, or you know, what would be the main one you use for? Because I know local SEO. I mean, personally, I have KW Finder, Ahrefs, and SEMrush. You know, those are the three that I use. Um, you kind of use different ones for different things, but you know, from in, in your experience, what ones do you use at the minute? Yeah, so I'm using SEMrush. Um, I uh, checking it against with um. Neil Patel's Uber suggests, which is also um, a good tool. Um, but yeah, SEM Rush is just amazing, and they just keep adding, yeah, and they just keep adding um, new stuff in. Sufficient, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it... and stuff for like your your monthly client reports on how they're tracking. Um, that's just it's so good that you can customize the reports and just update it so it's got your brand on it, and it just sends out you know everything to like think about it. That's awesome, 
No, I mean, that's what you want. You want to build as much automation, especially when you're doing things at scale. You know what I mean? Like you need to, you need to start building, you know, like you mentioned about the templates for building out websites. I mean, you don't have to sit down and think about it every single time. There's questionnaires, there's a process, you know, like and a lot of it can be done without having to think too much about it, you know, um, and, and it allows you. And with local SEO, I mean, I feel like it's the same thing. You kind of work off, you know, three and six month sprints. You know, you have your initial period, your research, competitor analysis and your citations, doing your on-site. There's, there's a number of different things. Things, but it's the same thing it doesn't matter who it is it's the same you know you, you have a process that you can repeat you know what i mean over and over again and use the same tools use something like sem rush to do the on-site analysis competitor analysis backlink analysis you know you can do it all there and then for, for you know for billing and stuff like that would you have so i imagine most of these clients will be on a uh, monthly recurring retainers so you know what would you use to help um manage your, your billing and the accounting side of things yeah so I was, when my company was set up in, in Perth, like I, I just set up QuickBooks and had had all that going. Um, but now, yeah, I've sort of just, I've moved everything over. So now I just do everything through um, Stripe. Stripe, yeah, okay. Um, and that's, that's good for just taking small monthly payments even for like a, a hosting or and, yeah, and then you've got it all in one place and it deals with all the different currencies that you might be dealing with, which is really, really good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, because you're going to have, you're going to have Australian, you're going to have sterling, you're going to have euros, you're going to, and, you know, just, just to talk to a little bit, do you, because local SEO, I find, you know, like you have USA, United Kingdom, Canada and Australia. Those are places where it's a high you know, it's a high value. It's appreciated because there's competitive cities. Now, I don't speak Spanish, so maybe it's a different story in, you know, in Spain or in Italy or something. But I just I don't hear people talking about it as much as in these other countries. So have you at, at any point looked to expand the services into the United States or, you know, are you, like just focusing on Australia and that's been sufficient? So, um, yeah, I have tried. Um, yeah, I tried to niche down um, and go over um, and try doing some local stuff in the states um yes yeah, so i was going for uh, electricians and plumbers and then basically just i just got, I got like a huge list of cities in the states and then we'll just pick one do some research on what their competitive work were and um yeah sort of just did targeting like that so i set up like a landing page which said which like everyone goes on niche down but i went super specific so this landing page was saying um, the people in your these are the competitors in your city and this is why you, because of some of the changes in Google this is why you can actually like beat them because here are all their points that they've missed out um, and yeah with the new thing the, the new Google guarantee um, yeah that's only just coming out in the states and yeah people need to jump on that because that's that's going to get like instantly a load of business just because the adverts are above the adverts like um and did and did you focus so now you like are you focused even in your like and the business in australia are you niche down um because I, I find you know you often hear like you're saying loads of people say niche down niche down be the expert be the guy who gets landscapers business be the guy who gets plumbers business you know just be the dentist guy you know whatever it is like if you really narrow down and niche in 
but I find just speaking from my own experience, it can be difficult to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's easier, not easier, but like, you know, if you cast a wider net, maybe you'll, you'll pull in more business. You know what I mean? So what, what approach did you take? And at what point did you decide that that's the approach you're going to continue with? Yeah. So yeah, had to stop. yeah in the, in Australia, yeah, I, I wasn't saying no to any business. And so I don't really have a, a niche there. But um, yeah, I think well, especially with the local SEOs, you've got like a there's a list that um, it all works for. So I basically just picked electricians and plumbers from that for list. sure. Yeah, <laughs> service based businesses really. <laughs> yeah, and I, and half because I'd, I'd already bought a few um, websites for, and I knew um, a few again through the BNI. So I sort of I got on with them the most. So I can feel that. Um, my type of like conversation and advertising and how I talk um, is just better for them than like I don't know, like a lawyer or something. Let's say. Yeah, I will keep away from lawyers because their job is to sue people. <laughs> <laughs> not my uh preferred choice of person to be going into business with um although in ireland once again i see so much potential i see all these solicitors are like oh my god like you've got a one-star google like oh will you sort out your life but <laughs> they're just not interested um cool so so look and and, and those are the different um so look that was good in more context on the tools that you're using and, and kind of you know, around niche and down and things like that. So if we were to circle around and, and say, you know, because you're in the game a long time, 12 years is a long time to be, you know, in, in the in the online game, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm only here eight years. So, I mean, you got a few on me. So, like, you know, what would be with the experience that you have and, you know, with 2020 vision and hindsight, what sort of tips would you have for those who are looking to get started to do a similar, you know, like, I'm not saying copy your model, but like, you know, who are, who are looking to get out there as, you know, freelance web devs or freelance SEOs, what sort of tips would you give them if they were back at square one, they had no sales, no clients, but they wanted to be able to go on and, and travel and, you know, live in Europe like you are right now and, and work from work. I guess if they're going into like building websites and also doing the marketing, um, just make sure you know WordPress because, yeah, I was late to the game for that. And um, so that was a, like a really steep learning curve. And I know loads of people um, argue that it's too, too big for small sites and you can just do things with like a Wix or a Squarespace, but it's just more hassle than it's like, yeah, you can get a, a Wix website for super cheap and you can set them up in like five minutes. But you'll always come to a point where you need to go in and just tweak something manually and you won't be able to do that. So yeah, it's worth just getting to grips with WordPress. And plus there's all the SEO tools and with all the plugins there already. So you're going to give yourself like a huge boost um, just with having a, all the tools that they've got already anyway. So For sure, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know why anyone would not use WordPress. Unless you're doing e-commerce, then you do Shopify. But like, yeah, I mean, for local business. Yeah, for for local business websites, yeah, because I mean, like WordPress for e-commerce, forget about it. Um, but like, I mean, you know, yeah, of course I'm going to say that, yeah, because I work for them. But like, <laughs> hey man, I've worked with, you know, I've built Magento sites, I've built WooCommerce sites, and like, man, I've, I'm not speaking 
just because like, you know, they don't, they don't pay for this. This is my own personal interest. You know, this podcast, it's nothing to do with um, my, my, my role at Shopify. But uh, yeah, I think it's just so much easier, you know, but um, for WordPress sites. Yeah. So just um, like, like, can you build, would you build your own themes? Because, you know, I mean, you have a lot of advancement now. You have like Divi with the on-page builder. You have Studio Press with, you know, like what would be your your thoughts on, on people who are building sites and, you know, where to get their themes or do you think that there's no need for these heavy themes you know divi can put a whole load of code that maybe you don't need on the site what are your thoughts yeah i used to just build themes from scratch um and i did that for a couple of years and that's, that's good just so that you get to know how wordpress works in the back but then i've moved like recently the last couple of years to um x theme which is um yeah it's yeah it's it's basically the page builder that Divi wanted to be. So, so that like they were the first ones with like the drag and drop builder. So, um, yeah, the Visual Composer and Divi, um, yeah, they all up their game like maybe six months ago. With so their new version is pretty much similar to how um, X Themes Cornerstone is. But generally, you'll find that when you are building something. Like ninety percent of it is generic, and ten percent is um, like something unique. So there's no point in just starting from scratch just because you've got that ten percent that you need to do. Which is, so um, yeah, learn that theme, and then you can and you can build short codes or plugins or whatever um, to just do the bit that you need. So that's the process. And I mean, you know, it depends on what you're trying to do too, I guess. You know, like what is the goal of the website? You know, like local business, it's get calls, get inquiries, you know, for a freelancer. Well, it's probably going to be the same thing, but maybe display a portfolio. Um, okay, so so that's, you know, that, that'd be one part of it. And then, you know, if you're if you're looking to try and acquire, you know, sales and clients, would it be kind of what we've spoken about already? Like to, to go to networking events and to show up in Facebook groups and add value? Would, would those be kind of the main takeaways from this? Yeah, if you're in a, if you're living in a big enough town where there is um, like local work that you can get, then um, yeah, going face to face and doing networking that way is, is going to be quicker than trying to do everything online with. Um, so yeah, get your first few clients by going to networking events, and then but if you are like moving around, then yeah, Facebook groups is is the next one. Sweet. Thank you. And so, yeah. All right. Well, look, thank you very much, John. It's great to get some knowledge and insight into your business. And sounds like you have, you know, there's a lot of different things here and there's a lot of good advice and practical tips for people who are looking to, you know, get into working remotely and create that location independent lifestyle. So could you just uh, give us a little bit of info on where people can find you, mention your business products or any upcoming launches that you have going on? Uh, yeah. So um, I've got the, the three main businesses, which is whisperer.co. Um, so that's where I do the, the local SEO. I've got the templates one, which is WP templates to store. Um, and that's templates to for Xing, which I just mentioned. Um, and then one project is um, drinkster with an A game.com. Um, and yeah, we're hopefully launching that Kickstarter project um, early next year. And yeah, that's going to be. <laughs> Amazing.
Perfect. Well, I'll make sure that I link up everything in the show notes anyway, so that they're they're there for you, um, and for our listeners, so that they can um follow or so they can click out and see what see where these are and find you. And you know, if anybody needs help with web development, local SEO, then you know what I mean that they know where to reach you. Um, John, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on, and I wish you every success with your business and your digital nomad journey. Okay. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you found it actionable and inspiring, please be sure to give us a rating on iTunes and share it on your social media profiles. You know, tag us on Instagram and, um, you know, get the word out there. Share it in any Facebook groups that you're in where, where people might be freelancers, remote employees, um, online entrepreneurs, anywhere that you feel and anyone that you feel could benefit from learning from today's insights and and the story and the journey of this entrepreneur who is on today's podcast and um, please help get the word out there and you know every rating helps every every new listener helps and you know, all we're trying to do here is to inspire people and you know share stories to show that it is possible to create that digital nomad lifestyle and also just you know the real nitty-gritty of what it actually takes to build an online business whether that be as a freelancer or as an online business owner thank you for listening i'm your host adam finan Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.